God who creates, redeems, and sanctifies. Amen. Please sit. Good news, but if you ask me what it is, I know not. It is a track of feet in the snow. It is a lantern showing a path. It is a door set open. G.K. Chesterton wrote that poem quite a long time ago now, poet and theologian that he was. It's called Christmas Day. Good news, but if you ask me what it is, I know it not. When I was a kid, we lived in a house that had a couple of miles of woods behind it. And I was never supposed to jump the fence, but I used to jump the fence all the time. And there was one night in the snow when I sort of hopped the fence and went for a long walk, and it was snowing, and it was lovely, and I knew these woods really well. So it was fine, until it wasn't, until I was lost, really lost. And if you've ever really been lost or really been unsafe, you know that sick feeling in your stomach where you, you sort of crossed the line, right? You've gone just a little further than you thought maybe you ever should have, and maybe this time you've really done it. And that's how I felt, wandering around in the snow, in the dark, by myself. I had no idea which direction was which. I had totally gotten turned around. And so I walked, and I walked, and I felt pretty sick, and I walked some more. And then all of a sudden, there was this track of footsteps in the snow, and they weren't mine. They were much too big for mine, and it was only in one direction. And I sort of looked around and thought, well, I don't have a better option, right? So surely these will take me somewhere. So I followed it, and I followed it. And it took me over the fence, into my backyard, up onto the deck, toward the open door, where a light was spilling out. And when I went inside, I was warned that my father had gone looking for me, and he was none too pleased. <laughs> Those were his one-direction footprints, and he had yet to come home. But I will never forget the, the feeling of being so lost and then so found of not being sure that I would find my way home, and then not just finding my way home, but sort of seeing the, the house emerge and the light emerge and it spill out of the open door. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. A lot of time has been spent on these shepherds. People much smarter than me for generations have made theories and hypotheses about who they were. Sometimes they're accused of being rough and uneducated. Sometimes they're honored as special. Otherwise, why would the angels appear to them? People have wondered for generations why the angels would appear in the middle of the night to these men that were sort of disconnected, that lived a different kind of life. They literally lived a huge piece of their life at night because they were making sure that their flocks weren't going to get hurt. And so the only community they really had was theirs. They ate at night, they talked at night, and they were sort of separate from the rest of life in the ancient world. Chances are they weren't terribly well educated, and chances are they didn't really have a lot of means. They had work for themselves and for their families, and that was really sort of all they knew. So in terms of marketing, God made a very interesting choice here. These are not the most effective people to tell if you want the whole world to hear the good news that the Messiah has come. These are people who are busy 
who are in their own little world and who are not connected to the wealthy and the powerful, to the people who had the ability to tell the story to a much larger audience. They're sort of unlikely candidates. It doesn't make any sense. And yet, if we think about it, how much would they have needed that news? They who sat in the dark, who were disconnected, who had probably not a lot in front of them except their work. How much did they need the shock, the thrill of hope, the promise, the adjusting of their eyes, even if it hurt a little bit at first to the light of the angels, how much did they need that shock? How much did they need to hear that good news, that God's promises might come true, that their life might be about to change? How much did they need that? Truthfully, this story happens at a moment in time that is very much like this one. It's a moment in time when there was division and there was frustration, a moment when there were people who were grieving, who were sick, who were sad, who had lost someone they loved. It was also a moment of joy and excitement for other people. There were newlyweds and people who were newly pregnant. This is a story that happens in a moment just like this one. And it appears to these people who, in many ways, are just like us, who needed a surprise, who needed to hear the good news, who needed to know that God had already planned and already prepared something for them, a path through the snow, a lamp to light the way, and an open door. How much did they need that? And how much do we? We, all of us who are caught up in our, our own routine, our own life, work in front of us, families to tend to, good and bad, hope and sadness, all the things that are wrapped up in our life, how much do we need that news? What's fascinating about these shepherds is that they are not the most likely choice, and yet it's clear from the text that these angels appear to them specifically, intentionally. And tonight, this story comes for you in much the same way, specifically and intentionally, so that in the midst of your life, in the midst of whatever routine or whatever darkness or whatever struggle or whatever lostness you might know, this story comes to promise you that there is never anything so lost, never anything so broken, never anything so far, so gone, that God can't fix it redeem it, and find the one who is lost. I think what's great about these shepherds is that they're really just sort of images of all of us. Because in this region, there are doctors, and lawyers, and teachers, and plumbers, and electricians, and parents, and children, and grandparents, and people of all kinds who need to hear the good news. You need to be reminded that God has already opened the door, set the path, and light the way. We see that in the person of Jesus, this child who comes to us tonight, this child who grows into a man who does these amazing things, who loves everyone around him, who insists on justice and kindness and mercy, who performs miracles, who turns water into wine and heals people and casts out demons and raises people from the dead and then 
rises himself three days later. We see the impossibility of God's sweeping invitation in the life of Jesus Christ, who is the door, the open door, the invitation, the impossible insistence on a God who will come and look for you again and again and again and again. So I invite you tonight to think about the ways in which you are a shepherd. And when you come to this table, when you come to this feast, remember that it has been, it has been prepared specifically and intentionally for you from the foundations of the world. Remember that it is intended to tie you together with God's people all over the world, in every region, who are needing to hear the good news just as much as you. And then remember that he is the path and the door, and that it has been prepared just for you. Amen.